0: And welcome back to the Divorce Solutions Podcast, everyone. Jamie West here from Divorce.com and Tracy Miller's here, veteran uh, law. I won't call you a litigator because you're a law of settlement expert. You're a family, law, a family lawyer with uh, over 30 years experience and uh, so great to have you back, Tracy.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I love doing these podcasts, right? I hope it's uh, helpful to people.
0: I do too. And we should remind everybody that uh, uh, to make sure that if they like what they hear, make sure you share it with people, subscribe, uh, spread the word because that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to get the word out to everybody that there's a better way. Uh, often, uh, to go about uh, your family law separation or divorce or situation without resorting to getting yourself into the family law system. Uh, you know, and to some degree, we're all, we all have to dip our toes in it because it's, it's, it's the legal system that we operate under uh, to file papers and that kind of thing, but uh, we don't always have to litigate, and that's what the theme of this series of podcasts is about, is trying to find other ways uh, to do things. Tracy, It's pretty important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing is, and, and, you know, I think you say it every podcast, but you really do have to talk to your own lawyer because family law is very fact driven, which means every situation is different, right? So, and, you know, it amazes me with people when it's all of the property you've accumulated and your money and your kids, why people don't want to go and get advice on it really has always amazed me, right? So, go and spend an hour talking to somebody before you start making major decisions because it just it's a lot more difficult to clean them up after
0: right so uh, one of the ways that we can consider keeping ourselves out of a mess at the end is by considering how we're going into the beginning of uh, a marriage or um, you know a common law arrangement and so people know that as a prenup Let's get a prenup. Let's get a prenup. But I'm going to let you take it from there because, it, it, yes, it's a prenup, but it's not really a prenup in Canada.
1: Yeah, it's just a little bit of a, a pet peeve of mine. It's either a cohabitation agreement if you're living together or it's a marriage contract. Right. And as, when people say prenup, I know what they mean. But in my head, it's not really a term. It's like when people talk about alimony. That's an American term. We don't have that up here. That's not the right terminology, but in any way, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long as you know what it is that you want. Um, I do a lot more separation agreements than I do marriage contracts or cohabs, and it's unfortunate because it's usually when people, it's the second time around and they're thinking, okay, I know how this works. I don't want to have to divide everything I have again. Um, And when you think of the fact that probably 50% of relationships end up separating, that's just the reality of it. Nobody ever thinks they're gonna sit in a divorce lawyer's office, and I have that conversation with people a lot. They never saw it coming. But if you take the time before, when you're getting into this relationship, to have that conversation about what if, right? Like, what if we separate? Do I keep everything I came in with, at least the value of that? Um, Do you wanna maintain the assets you have? Because legally, you can fall into some pitfalls and end up uh, dividing property that you never intended to you can deal with issues like, uh, if the other person already has kids, are you gonna be financially responsible for them if you separate, because yes, that's possible. Uh, you know, you can deal with that, you can deal with spouse support, you can deal with all of it, part of it, but at least when you separate, it's not gonna be a free-for-all at that point in time because you've never thought about it. You're horribly in a, in a situation you don't wanna be in. Emotionally, you're in a, in a really bad state. And at that point, that's the first time you're ever going to take a look at the reality of what if, right? So, you know, hats off to people that take a look at it and and do a cohab on all of or some of the issues, right? At least if they separate, now you've got some clarity about how you're going to do it. Yeah,
0: and I think uh, one of the maybe maybe one of the more valuable things about doing a prenup, believe it or not, is it's it's getting to see how the other person. Maybe thinks um, before you go down that road, and then you find out how they really think at the end of the marriage. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's it's like you can kind of you you can kind of see maybe red flags in the other person that you need to stop and consider before you walk down the aisle, so to speak.
1: Well, and I think it's that, and I think it's also people don't know what potentially could happen. I mean, one of the most common ones I think is. You know, people get into a relationship, somebody has a house and they've got $400,000 in equity, then they get married, they move on, you buy a house together, that house goes in joint names because it always does. Nobody seems to ever have a conversation about what's going to happen if you put the house in joint names. So now all of a sudden, bang, your $400,000 you came in with, you're not going to get the value of that when you separate, you're going to end up splitting it. And it's just if you've thought through that process and you're content with that, great. Um, but if you're especially if you're coming into a relationship with assets, spend an hour with somebody and walk through what's going to happen if you separate, uh, because you may be surprised.
0: Well, and that's what we want to avoid.
1: Yeah, but absolutely. We, absolutely. Want to,
0: we want to avoid surprises because surprises turn into, can turn into infernos.
1: Well, and people that you know don't realize you can potentially—I um, was going to say—be on the hook, and that's a negative way to say it. You can potentially be paying support that for children that are not biologically yours. Simple as that. Um, and to watch people that didn't have any clue, or people that are living together. And I remember one I never forgot uh, because they were living together. So now property is an issue, and and dividing property, and that very much depends on the facts, but the response from this person was I didn't want to divide my property or that's why I didn't get married well now now you got a big awakening coming because your property can be up for grabs if you're living together so there's so much there go and talk to somebody and see you know if it's worth in your situation doing something about it it may not be an easy conversation with uh, the person you're about to get married to or live with but certainly easier than it is when you separate 10 years later.
0: Well, that's what happens to us. We get mm-hmm. all, uh, I call it moon spoon and June. Like we, <laughs> you know, we get all, we get all romantic. And, and it's not romantic, Tracy, to to oh, talk about no. prenups. It's not romantic. And, and, and we're absolutely in this society, we're absolutely glued to the whole, uh, you know, fairy tale piece of the whole thing. And really we need to get real here and it's, it's important because I think the funny thing of the irony of of it is if you consider these issues before you walk down the aisle, you actually would have probably a better chance of making the fairy tale that you have cooked up in your head work, work out for you.
1: Yeah. And it's like you said, if you, um, you're going to find out with a conversation with your soon to be partner uh, if you're coming into this relationship with a million dollars assets and they've got $10,000 worth of debt and you separate five years from now, 10 years from now, and then you find out that they're going to look at you and go, absolutely not. We're just going to divide everything down the center. I don't care. And you think, you know, have that conversation at the beginning. It'll give you some insight into, just like you said, who the person is.
0: How big a process is is getting a a prenup
1: I mean, it's it's a contract, uh, and again, like uh, the other podcast we were talking about, I think financial disclosure is so much of it, uh, because to have an agreement that's going to stand up, people have to know what they're giving away or what they're agreeing to. I don't think they're that difficult to draft once you have the disclosure from people. The biggest conversation is talking to the people and finding out what they want. I mean, talking to people individually, you both have to have lawyers because your interests are not aligned, but they're not that they're not that complicated, right? It's never the actual drafting a contract that would take you a couple of hours. It's getting the disclosure and having the discussion that can take some time.
0: Right. And um, is, there any, is there any place, I mean, is financial, is that where you begin with this? Is that really what it's, what it's all about? I suppose it is, right? It's just about finances. or Are there other things that need to go into a
1: prenup? Usually it's, at least the ones I've seen, it focuses on on finances, and um, quite often it's people that are coming into the relationship with assets and they just want to be clear what's going to happen if the relationship doesn't work. I mean, I don't think the law is going to let you try and figure out what you're going to do in terms of custody and access, because, you know, that's always going to depend on the situation at the time. So that's not something you're really going to, I wouldn't think, want to do. And I was, God, I was just going to say prenup, what's happening? (laughs) in a cohab or a marriage contract.
0: Well, I have, you know, and I wondered about that. I wondered if the custody and access thing could, would be a factor in any way, shape or form in in, in a prenup. So I
1: mean, at the end of the day, a judge or if it goes that way, has always got jurisdiction over kids because they safeguard children's interests, regardless of what you want to agree to. Right. I mean, it's just like, if you separate custody and access, is just about never final. It just isn't. That's right. Yeah. So you always have the potential to be uh, for
0: it to change.
1: Oh yeah, for sure,
0: Tracy. How do uh, how do people get a hold of you if they'd like to uh, make contact with you?
1: Um, it's millerlawandmediation.ca Law and Mediation dot ca, or you can email me as Tracy at Miller Dash Law dot ca. All
0: right, and uh, you can reach me, Jay West at at uh, DivorceCom dot. Oh my goodness, I'm having trouble remembering where I am, Tracy. You you've got me thinking about. These I was the one on holidays
1: that should have had vacation
0: brain right now. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, jwasteddivorce. com. Uh, dot ca, and I'll tell you, uh, we we've got uh, a series uh, coming up uh, in our next uh, podcast that we're going to launch after this one. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the importance of self care. That's really important, taking care of yourself in in every way, shape, or form, and trying to stay strong through what is usually the most stressful time in your life. Um, always like to let you uh, know that it's a good idea to consult with your own professionals. Uh, do not consider this podcast legal advice. Uh, every situation is different. So make sure that you consult with your own legal professionals and your own uh, medical professionals as well uh, on all of the issues that we talk about here on the program. And like us and follow us and subscribe and spread the word. We'd uh, really appreciate it. Tracy, as always, thank you. And we'll look forward to talking to you on the next one. Take care. Yeah,
1: Talk to you now.